so life's a bit. Hi, I'm Day, and you are listening to So Life's a Bitch, the No Filter podcast where I. You know what? <laughs> I thought I'm just going to try and do it that first time. It's been how long? It's been a few months. Oh, I fucking suck. I'm so sorry. I'm Tay. This is So Life's a Bitch. It's a no filter podcast where I attempt to break the taboo against raw, sensitive topics through both no filter storytelling and exciting guest interviews. And with any luck, I'll make you laugh along the way. Please always read the description. <laughs> and this is why. This is why you don't take two months off. This is the reason. This is the reason. You get the gist. I mean, there's no way you're starting on episode 14. You've heard this intro now. 13 times if not hi welcome please go back to episode one i would uh yeah i would recommend it you've got you've got some catching up to do <sighs> fucking hell um let's just get straight into it because this is this is terrible this is awful yeah setting the scene for the episode setting the scene so life's a bitch so obviously i've been away for a while it was only supposed to be four weeks maximum four weeks maximum but you know what life's like it's so strange once you get yourself into I don't want to use the term like rut I hate saying oh I'm in a rut but I guess that's what being 24 just feels like (laughs) unless you can genuinely hand on heart say that you're 24 and you, you know exactly what you're doing with life and yeah I'm sure some people can I'm not one of them I am not one of them. I kind of realised the other day that I'm closer to 25 than I am to 24. Had a little fucking heart attack, not gonna lie. And I guess it's just because, look, I've, ju- I've finished a master's, hence why I've been away. Yay, go me, finished. <sighs> yeah, stressful, but amazing. And you finish and you're like, oh my god, this is insane. Look, look what I've just done, look what I've just achieved. And then you suddenly realise, well, what do I do now? <laughs> what's next i now have to adult and crack on i mean obviously i'm at home at the moment with mum and dad which is awesome came back for lockdown you know kind of left my life behind and all my life at the time and thought okay great so pop home i'll see the lockdown through go on furlough me and mum will drink some gins in the sunshine wait for this all to blow over Three and a half years later, I'm nearly 25, living with my mum and dad. Jobless. <laughs> I mean, I do little bits here and there, but I don't actually, like, I don't get up in the morning and go to work. It's, oh, what's your excuse? Oh, I'm a full-time master's student. Well, I'm not now. What am I doing now? <laughs> so that's been me the past few months. No, obviously, over-exaggerating, I had two weeks on holiday with my wonderful family, which was incredible. We went to Portugal and... Oh, yeah it was lush it was exactly kind of what you want from a holiday a good combination between chilling out and drinking lots with a little bit of adventure a little bit of exploring but mainly just chilling out and drinking lots that's kind of you know that's kind of my idea of a holiday and then came back and then it was time to just crack on and get the masters finished get the the dissertation finished so i kind of dedicated every second to that once we got back from holiday because obviously i'd left it a little bit late and then i finished and i've kind of just been lingering applying for lots of jobs and trying not to have a panic and there's also been a heat wave as well panicking when it's hot is just the most uncomfortable feeling oh, i'm really stressed oh i know it will help it's 32 degrees it's the hottest day the country's ever seen it's like oh 
Okay, brilliant. Well, great. Now, now I feel more relaxed. Thank you. Now I feel more relaxed. <laughs> so yeah, sorry if I sound sporadic, but we're just figuring it out. We're just figuring it out. I would call it a midlife crisis, but I shan't because I will be living longer than 50, touch wood. <laughs> also, to add to my list of reasons why I've been away, this is this is for my benefit more so than, than yours, so just bear with me. My little brother has come home from uni. He has finished his degree with a fist, absolutely fucking smashing it, as we expected. So he's home for summer before he heads off and continues smashing it. So I've kind of allowed that to be an excuse to not come in and because I'd obviously turned his room into a little bit of a podcast studio. And then he came back and was like, well, this is where I sleep. So I've just come back into his room and I stepped on something and I spilled some coffee on the ground and I stepped on something and I didn't realise how hard I'd stepped on it. So I started bleeding and I should probably tell him this before he hears it on the podcast. But and I was like, for fuck's sake. And then that was an hour ago and I've only just started recording now. So somehow procrastination finds me in all shapes and sizes and all different forms. But yeah, that's been summer. That's been summer. I'm sure I've forgotten things. I haven't scripted this at all. I usually at least give myself a couple of prompts like, oh, we'll speak about this. We'll speak about that. No, no, I'm just gonna fucking splurge. (laughs) Splurge it out. So life's a bitch. It's a really difficult one because I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit lost, but also super, super excited because it is, it's exciting. I, I have no ties, you know, I'm, I'm completely fucking single and childless and everyone around me that I love is cracking on and doing their own exciting things. So it's, it's time for me to find my passion through work and move, move away. I'm going to move to a city soon and yeah, just get cracking and it's really, really exciting, but it's really, really scary. It's really scary, especially seeing as I think, because I did move. I moved away for about four years. It's kind of different when you go to uni because everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's just moved. But then it's also uni, it's fun and you're making great friends and great memories. And it's different moving for work because I'm gonna move probably on my own and then I'm gonna start something brand new and it's just me and it's very, very exciting, but it's scary as well. I'm also starting to feel like, should I have my life more together? Should I have a partner? Should I be thinking about you know this this kind of this kind of shit because everyone around me seems to be doing it but then obviously that's ridiculously naive and also you need to obviously remind yourself that it doesn't fucking matter what anyone around you's doing and that certainly isn't a priority of mine in the slightest so so yeah try try not to conform try not to conform to well social norm there is no fucking social norm at this age you're either living at your mom and dad's with no job or you're getting a mortgage with your husband and your kids or something in between or you're traveling the world or yeah whatever whatever it is you're doing there's this is the age this is this is the age where i think that everyone kind of wonders what should i be doing it's weird i think it's because you spend so long in education especially when you start doing college and then uni and then you're like fuck it let's do more uni i'll do my master's and and there's been a pandemic oh i hate talking about it i know i know i hate bringing it up it's so boring i know i know it is 
but it's true it happened and it was a drag it obviously it does make you wonder well what would I be doing if we didn't have almost two years of lockdown and yeah where would I be right now if I wasn't held back well the honest answer is I wouldn't have a master's degree because I would never have decided to do that so things happen in in different ways and I guess you just gotta kind of just be accepting yeah you just gotta make the most of what life kind of throws at you I actually didn't know that this is what I was going to come on and speak about I just put my headphones on and thought well it will come out you haven't chatted into a mic in a fucking long time so let's just see what comes out obviously needed to get this off my chest I think it's starting to feel a bit real I've started interviewing for jobs in cities and I've started looking for places to live I, I guess it's just starting to feel a bit real but one thing I know for sure one thing I know for certain is I'm not gonna stop doing this I'm never gonna stop doing this podcast I fucking love it honestly this is this is therapy this is therapy for me speaking out just speaking out loud I've missed this I've really really missed this I think it was starting to get me down as well do you ever get that rhetorical question do you ever get that feeling where you know you need to be doing something but you avoid it and then because you've avoided it you end up avoiding it even more even though you kind of want to do it yeah it was a whole thing it was a whole stressy thing but here we are we're back we're back baby and i promise i promise i'll never leave you again so life's a bitch something that i have mentioned in brief on the podcast previously but certainly needs way more attention is fgm so fgm if you don't know already, refers to female genital mutilation, can also be referred to as FGC, female genital cutting, or FC, female circumcision. And basically is the, well, technically it's the practice of manipulating, altering, or removing a portion or the entirety of the external genital organs of young girls and women. It's most common in young girls. When I say young girls, I mean like babies up until early kind of childhood it's an interesting one because i feel like it is a taboo subject for many reasons it's a crime against women it's a gender issue there's stereotypes surrounding religion and the religious aspects of it same goes with developing countries and traditions and it is such an intense and severe subject especially when we're talking about approximately 20 million women and girls who have been affected by this already around the whole world not just in like I said developing countries where it is most prevalent such as countries within Africa like Egypt but it happens in the UK and women and girls are taken from the UK over to the developing countries or countries where their ancestors originated to carry out the procedure there. It is actually completely illegal to do that. It's illegal to perform or assist in any type of way in FGM in the UK and in most places now actually it is a crime in most places but yeah it's still prevalent it's still prevalent so the reason i wanted to talk about fgm is because i decided to write my dissertation on fgm and investigate basically how female genital mutilation has been portrayed in the british media so obviously my master's degree was in journalism so i had to keep it relevant but i knew that if i was going to be able to create a piece of work that I kind of put my all into, similar to the dissertation I did for my undergrad, then it would have to be about something that was raw, sensitive, something that I could 
feel really, really passionate about. So I was able to combine the topic of FGM with relevant journalistic kind of take by looking into both The Guardian and The Daily Mail. So those of you who may not know, The Guardian is a very popular newspaper in the UK, but it's actually more tailored towards well-educated, relevantly young, predominantly male audiences. And it's also generally positioned on the mainstream left of British political opinion. The Daily Mail, however, they are known for targeting a more lower middle class British woman. And contrary to that of The Guardian, the Daily Mail often take a right-wing stance in regards to politics and have backed the Conservative Party in every general election since 1945, I think. So obviously I thought that contrasting these two newspapers was going to be really interesting, especially seeing their take on FGM, how it's been reported, the language used, all of that. So I thought that that would be a really cool kind of dissertation to jump into. And it was difficult. It was very, very difficult, but I did it. I did it in attempt to spread awareness and continue to discuss on these topics, which of course is what the podcast is all about. So thought I'd just share, share a bit more about that with you guys. So life's a bitch. I think for me, one of the craziest parts of FGM is a young woman or girl will have her vaginal hole kind of stitched, clitoris removed, no pain relief, no, you know, properly sanitized equipment, just kind of quite brutal struggle. Women who have spoken out about their survival stories have often described it as just hell burning, screaming, hell. You're often held down and just sliced and it's very common for infections to occur and you know it's never a sanitary place or professional who's performed the mutilation. But you then have to menstruate which can be extremely difficult to do when you're stitched up. Uh, Urination again extremely extremely painful. But one of the main reasons is that for a woman being stitched, if you like, it means that you're pure. It means that no one's broken through. So obviously it refers to your virginity and then you will get married. Your husband will break through, which can be complete agony. You're then very, very unlikely to, as a woman, enjoy sex or achieve orgasm, obviously with the removal of your clitoris and the sheer pain that that will be caused by having penetrative sex or sex of any kind. You were then re-stitched and will give birth whilst mutilated, which can be extremely, extremely painful. So again, survivors have spoken out about the trauma, the trauma of, of having to do that. It's an interesting one. Through reading, I found out that obviously there are some men who felt horrible horrible that their wives were in pain and they would never want to inflict that again but then others obviously wanted to maintain what could be tradition or peer pressure from others and family members around obviously because this is something that is quite generational has been practiced for decades and will conform to you know we need to stitch again or we need to do this we need to do that and it very much to me feels like a power play for the male and just unbelievable unnecessary pain for the woman so it's really really scary it's interesting though reading up and finding out that there are doctors who are really trying to reverse fgm women have spoken out and said that they've been able to achieve orgasm for the first time or enjoy themselves with a sexual partner or just feel like an actual woman 
because for many survivors that was taken away from them at a very very young age and that's actually quite scary when you think about something so invasive as well someone taking away your womanhood and taking away your opportunity or any kind of experience that you may have in being a, a sexual being i think it's petrifying that that has kind of been stolen away from like i said 20 million plus women and girls so yeah it's scary stuff it's really really scary stuff and it was mind-blowing doing the research for this project so life's a bitch so my paper actually explored the different themes and related themes to FGM. So the main related themes that I decided to explore were child abuse, women's rights, developing countries, religion. I also wanted to explore a theme that was also considered taboo, but perhaps spoken about more often and more regularly in the press due to the widespread of people that are actually affected in comparison to FGM, which is often overlooked due to the perception that only certain people are ever going to be affected by it and therefore potentially isn't as important. So I chose to explore and contrast abortion as well through the media. So I looked at different key words, different ways in which these words were used, how often they were used, which was really interesting. I also looked into the amount that these stories are being reported on, both FGM and abortion and I decided to use the decade between 2003 and 2013 and the reason I chose that time frame is because the new legislation in the UK was actually introduced in 2003 making FGM a crime to anyone who performs assists etc so I thought that that would be a really interesting news time frame to use and to see how the reporting rates actually kind of staggered but interestingly it didn't quite give me the answers that I thought but in the same breath that was quite exciting itself it's nothing nothing like being proved wrong especially straight away but I then went on to explore the way that words were used and the amount that they were used and I compared FGM to child abuse obviously child abuse is highly 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 prevalent in the news it's always going to be a shock factor it's always going to draw people in and yeah it's always going to make those headlines so I thought that would be a really interesting contrast which again it was it was an interesting contrast I think at the end of the day I basically had to conclude that we still need to be giving a platform to these taboo subjects we still need to be exploring and being made aware of these things that just because they may not be affecting us or our nearest and dearest doesn't mean they're not happening doesn't mean that there's not something we can do just having the conversation that's spreading awareness you know just taking a moment to I don't know listen to this podcast and hear me ramble on about these subjects you know if you were to go away and tell one person that's spreading awareness we're having the conversation but it was also incredible to to see the amount that is being done and has been done in the past decade and even the attempts that were made through the time frame that I used but yeah we are doing so much to try and prevent and safeguard and it's always amazing to see people's voices being heard uh, giving a platform survivors speaking out and being able to actually tell it from their side so it's been quite heavy it was quite a heavy one to write I enjoyed it and if you're listening to this and you would like to read my dissertation obviously please let me know you can dm me at so life's a bpod or email so life's a bpod at gmail.com bloody hell you can tell it's been a while um and I will send that out once it's been marked obviously for plagiarism reasons I can't send it out right now but yeah in case you're bored and you want to read I don't know 16,000 words <laughs> worth of um worth of heavy heavy content then obviously hit me up
So life's a bitch. So this has just been a little teaser and a little taster of So Life's a Bitch because it has been so fucking long. But there are exciting things in the mix. I've got some exciting guests. I've got some exciting topics. And uh, I'm just so happy to be back. But I just thought I had to do a little summon summon just to drag my ass back in front of the mic, which feels great. I mean, there's nothing like the sound of your own voice. <laughs> it's weird, actually. When people come on, they're always like, oh, isn't, isn't it going to be really weird? Like, you listen to yourself. And I'm like, it stops sounding like you after about... For one, you can't really tell like, the sound of your own voice because you always sound different in your own head. And for two, yeah, after about 30 seconds, it just it loses all fucking meaning <laughs> like it doesn't even sound like you anymore it's nice it's nice to be back it's nice to be sat in front of this mic and exciting things to come so thank you so much for your patience more than anything your patience thank you for coming back back thank you for listening thank you for being awesome if you are interested in being part of a ring around by the way please let me know because yeah we love the ring arounds and i feel like i need to do that more often so if you fancy being part of a ring around if you fancy coming on and speaking and sharing your story and using your voice please please let me know that would be fucking awesome at so life's a b pod on instagram and facebook so life's a b pod at gmail.com get in touch let me know as always please do not forget to rate or whatever that savvy social media shit is just the nice stuff all the nice stuff that would be great that would be amazing and again you're the fucking best wouldn't be here without any of you (sighs) i'll see you on episode 15 motherfuckers until next time Bye. So life's a bitch.